the name of the one true and living God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There are some days you work all week and you prepare your sermon and then Sunday comes and things happen in the liturgy and you just say, ah, I can't preach this. And I think part of it is that even though very much connected with what was happening, um, I was thinking of the words that Billy was reading in Revelation. What is taking place there, this is our consummation. This is where we are headed. Before the throne of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is where we're headed. And we hear in the lesson a human way of trying to explain and express the holy, the majesty. This is where we are headed. To forever and ever and ever be in front of God and be content with saying, holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts. I don't know with you, sometimes I'm not content, you know, by being in church for just an hour or hour and a half. Sometimes I get discontented if it's two hours. But this is where we're headed. And as I reflect and think about it on this day, on this Trinity Sunday, there is nothing that I can say or why I would even dare say without the fear of falling into some type of heresy about trying to define and describe what does it mean for God to be three persons, yet one God. There have been um, so many Trinitarian controversies. Even you've heard this saying, um, like related to, don't change anything, not even one letter. Or um, you can't differ, not by one iota. It's a saying, it comes from a Trinitarian controversy. Because as opposed to, I'm not saying that they didn't, they were focusing and they were experiencing God as holy, but they wanted to capture in their mind and in their head what was going on. So that phrase comes from, do we use the word homo seos or homoi seos? The difference is one iota. One means together with, of one substance, the other in a similar substance. And if I delve down there, we're going in a rabbit hole. So I don't want to preach about that. But to hear in what was read in the Revelations, of which I didn't prepare, to hear in Revelations that this is where we're headed toward. And so as opposed to talking about trying to explain and understand God. Maybe we need to celebrate his majesty and his holiness. That he has found such delight in us, his creation, that he will not remain hidden in the universe. Veiled and dimly so, but never hidden. 
In Advent, we began our journey of listening to the history of salvation that God has wrought. And we culminate now, we ended Easter season last week, and we culminate, why was this done? Why was it that the Christ was sent, the prophets, the miracles, the death, the resurrection, so that we could be reconciled with God and forever say, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. But now we have the rest of the church here. We have heard salvation history, and liturgically we have been present in it and participated in it. Now for the rest of the year until we reach Advent again, now we celebrate and live our human history of God working in us to reconcile us closer and more deeply to him so that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit they don't seem far away that they don't seem mysterious with a small m in the sense that as we do detective work we will discover him remember at the beginning of uh, uh, Lent, I suggested you as a spiritual discipline, take the bulletin home. I'll be honest, like everybody else, when I stand, this is my ordination vestment, I thought that when I was made a priest, and this was put on me, by golly, prayer and holiness is certainly going to be easy now. <laughs> there is just no, I'm his priest. I can't possibly fail. Ha. This vestment has looked better than me over these last 30 years. So I mentioned that we need to pray, and that's where we encounter him. And I suggested to you, because praying the office, it can be complicated and difficult. I'd be happy to sit down with you and show you how that's done. I know many of you are doing it already and I suggested take the bulletin and pray on the first day on Monday pray the collect Tuesday the Old Testament lesson Wednesday the psalm or the canticle Thursday the epistle Friday the gospel Saturday give thanks or praise to God for what has happened and then we come back together and our prayer is common as the body of Christ here in the church well I'd add to that now each day Make a sign of the cross as you begin. And if you can't even say that prayer, if you, if you forget the bulletin or you don't remember, this we can do. I rise in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I head off to work in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I eat my lunch, I drive, I clean the yard, I love the children. I hate the children. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In everything, in all that we do, we impress that upon us 
It is a tangible way of reminding that we are branded. Branded, as I said at a baptism not that long ago. That Jesus will recognize you because of the waters of baptism, because of the invocation of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. You and I are his forever. And we will see him as he is. But in our history, between now and then, before we hear and before we get to the, to the throne of heaven as we hear in Revelation, we can grow and increase in our sanctification. So make the sign of the cross. Make it as a sign that you are a holy person. Yes, you're a holy person. Why are you holy? Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You did not make yourself holy. I did not make myself holy. Heaven knows ordination didn't. The Holy Spirit makes us holy. Remember in church school, teacher, where is God? God is everywhere. Is he behind that picture? Yes, God is behind that picture. Is God in that chair? Yes, God's in that chair. Is God in me? Yes, God is in you. Teacher, teacher, is God in you? And then all of a sudden, well... You are holy because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Find some place where you can escape him. There is none. At the absolution in confession, you are sanctified. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins. Sometimes in private confession, we need to hear it more clearly. You are sanctified. At the words in this Mass particularly, Behold the Lamb of God, we sign ourselves, that is holy. And holiness is coming to me. Make the sign of the cross as an act of prayer. None of us have the desire and willingness to pray. It's like going to the gym. When we get there, we know it's been good for us. But getting to there is difficult. Making the simple sign of the cross is a simple but most powerful prayer. God gives you the ability to pray. We don't do it on our own. John says he lo we love because he first loved us. He gives us the will and the desire to pray. That comes through in the Gloria. Sure, it's put into the Mass and they're, okay, here we go, it's, we're outside of Lent and Advent, oh, put Gloria here. On Sundays, oh, Creed, weekdays, Creed, no Creed at Mass. These are signs of our prayer and we bless ourselves. And that form of the cross is our prayer.
It is a sign of our belief. It is a sign that we believe in the triune God. It is a sign of our belief that this God created us, came into our world to redeem us, remains in our world to sanctify us. This is a claim that we as Christians have above any other religion. Our God is a personal God, a God who is closer to us than our next breath. Those are some of the times that we should make the sign of the cross. What are other times? St. Cyril of Jerusalem sums it up even better than what I did. Because sometimes if we make the sign of the cross, we might seem, ah, maybe I'm being a little bit too pious. I watch those guys play baseball. They make the sign of the cross. Well, making the sign of the cross is not going to get them any more hits. Extra batting practice will. Sign of the cross, no. Studying for homework or for a test, that'll get you an A. Sign of the cross won't. But we can't judge what is in the souls and hearts of others. All we can do is be concerned about what is in with us. So then when do we make this sign? St. Cyril of Jerusalem says, let us not be ashamed to profess the crucified one. Let us confidently seal our foreheads with our fingers. Let us make the sign of the cross on everything, on the bread we eat and over the cup we drink. Let us make this sign as we come and go before sleeping, when we lie down and when we arise, while traveling, while resting. The sign of the cross reminds us of whose we are. It's not intended to be a talisman, a superstitious talisman. It's not intended to be perfunctory either. It's intended for us to know the Holy Trinity and to remind us that is whom we worship. They are whom we serve. It is for them that we were made. Finally, the sign of the cross brings us comfort and courage. I was working my regular beat in Chicago, relatively new on the job. My sergeant was a Episcopalian. The head nurse, uh, officers and nurses always get along very well. She was an Episcopalian. And we were just given a call to go to a battery in progress at a notorious bar where fights always break out. And the sergeant, whose call sign was 1810, gets on the air and says, 1810, have 1814, meet me immediately at Grant Hospital. And the dispatcher says, Sarge, I just gave them a battery in progress. Disregard. Send someone over there to handle that fight. I want 1814 to meet me at Grant Hospital in the emergency room immediately. I looked at my partner and I was like, I didn't do anything, did you? We get over there. 
see the sergeant, and I'm like, Sarge, what's up? And he said, this man, didn't happen in our district, 42-year-old DJ, he was DJing at a wedding for family members, he dropped dead of a heart attack, and they brought him here. We called every priest who was supposed to be on call of the Roman Catholic parishes. He's a Roman Catholic. We couldn't get an answer. So I told the family, I have a priest who is working tonight as an officer. Will you go in there and pray for him? Make the sign of the cross over his body and pray for the family. So there I was, doing something that I never expected. Dressed as a police officer, saying the prayers for the dead in an emergency room. Trying to bring comfort to that family. And to remind me and the family who was there that this man who had died, his body is holy because the Holy Spirit dwelt in him. The sign of the cross given is a moment of comfort as a moment of strength. Next to the Holy Eucharist, there is no greater sign that you and I can make. On this Trinity Sunday, as we go forward from here, growing in our own holiness and sanctification, let us find comfort in the cross. Let us find comfort in the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us come to know them and love them and serve them and be happy with them in this world and live with them in that world that Revelation describes, where we will be happy with him forever and forever. Amen.